Hey gorgeous, you are listening to the Live Courageously podcast, a show created just for you, the aspiring woman who's ready to take action and step into her courageous life. I'm your host, Nicole Coker, and my mission is to leave you feeling empowered to pursue your wildest dreams and equip you with the tools you need to live courageously. Hey guys, and welcome back. Today, I'm very excited to share with you a little event that I actually was a part of not too long ago. It is called Sip Tea and Talk Business. So I want to thank Gabrielle Carter for allowing me to share this little event on my podcast. I have all the audio recordings from the event, and it's just offering some different ideas, different tips, and different tricks that you can use if you're trying to start a business and what other people found successful and what other people found were difficult during starting their business. So I just really wanted to share all of this knowledge here with you guys. So this event starts off with Gabrielle talking all about why she created the event and what it's for. So we're just going to hop right in. Why I created this event. So in summer of 2013, I created Positively Gabrielle, which was my YouTube channel. And I wanted to teach people like how to live a better life by bettering like their health. And it was a very hard journey and it wasn't a lot of support at the beginning, but as time went on, it really picked up. And I really think that even though it was one of the harder decisions that I did, it was something that I really like grew and learned from. And so now I wanted to help like give back to the community by sharing information on how to start a business. And now uh, my name is Gabrielle and I'm a senior communications major at the illustrious Hampton University. And now enough about me, I wanna share some information about our special guests, let them introduce themselves. So if you guys wanna introduce yourselves, you can unmute your mics and share what you, what you are, what you do, and a little short snippet about your business. Hello, my name is Demetrius Porter. I um, currently own a trucking business. I've been in business since January of 2018. My greatest assets for this business would have to, I would have to say is my experience in finance and paperwork and then my boyfriend experience in truck driving. He's been driving in trucks for um, 15 years, no, 17 years now. So that was the greatest asset to you know this business. Hi everyone, my name is Ayana Chambers. I am a broadcast, I'm sorry, I'm a broadcast journalism major and leadership studies minor from New Jersey. I'm a full-time student as well as business, business owner and a social media consultant. Um, my business is Signed by Ayana. It is a hair accessory boutique. Um, it sells all things from hair accessories, hats, um, headbands. Um, the statement of my, um, the slogan of my business is to make your hair a statement. Um, I started my business my freshman year and it's signed by Yana on all platforms. Hey everyone, my name is Nicole Coker and I am from the state of South Carolina. I'm 23 years old. Um, I have a degree from Clemson University in architecture. I have my very own podcast called Live Courageously, and I'm an author illustrator of my own coloring book available on Amazon. Hey, how are you doing? My name is Bryce Smith. I'm a third year sport management major, finance minor from Chicago, Illinois. I go to Hampton University, and my brand is Itachi Apparel. Uh, we're a clothing line who uh, promotes the standard of living defined by quality. So, you know, we started with a lot of hoodies, shirts, started on campus around 2019. 
Um, we really want to embody that, that vision through like embroidery and just quality of the garments. As we, you know, continue and started thriving, we just developed some more materials that are affordable to more customers and guests so that they could just, you know, rock Natachi. So appreciate uh, being invited to the call and I'm excited. All right. I see you repping it like that's the energy we need. <laughs> all right. Uh, anybody else? I think that's all the guests. We also have another guest coming in. She had work, but she's taking her break around 6.15. So yeah, she'll be coming in and her name is Jada. All right, so at this point, I'm going to ask some of the questions that I have. And you guys are free to answer any questions besides the ones that are like specifically towards you. So I guess my first question is, when y'all first begin your business, what did you find to be your most valuable resource? Well, I was gonna say, as I stated before, um, just experience in the in the industry or even if you don't have any experience being able to research the things you need to um start a business i would say just knowing people uh in the area you never know uh what some people can do uh, when we started one of our um our first manufacturers he uh he went to hampton university and we met him at a homecoming in uh 2018 so just about you know getting outside uh learning about more people and just learning what they do outside of when you just need them so right and the biggest thing for me was having a mentor who had already accomplished what i was trying to accomplish so for me like i had someone who had all the knowledge that they needed to know in order to help me begin my podcast and begin the things that i really wanted to do and we kept building off of each other and throwing ideas out it's always helpful to have someone there to really bounce ideas off of um, and I found that very, very helpful. She also had step-by-step -step courses in order to learn how to start a podcast and how to start these different things. So if you're looking to start a business or start something new, sometimes online courses that show you step-by-step -step on how to do those things is really helpful and beneficial when getting started. Uh, my main resource was YouTube. Um, any questions that I had, I would go to YouTube for. I'm always on YouTube, so I kind of felt like, let me just Google this and see what happens. So I just Googled how to start a business and like thousands of videos popped up and most of them were from black women. So I feel like it was super helpful helpful getting advice from people that look like me. Um, any questions that I had, I would go to YouTube and there would be like a 10 minute video on information about it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that YouTube thing. Like that was really what helped me to start my channel because I was like searching the web. But then when I found uh, YouTube, it was like all my resources were together in one. And I found that to be super, super helpful and beneficial. Okay, my next question is, what is one way that anyone could take their talent and turn it into a business? Like you guys think there's a specific way that people can do that? I'd say start monetizing the time that it takes you to do those types of things. So like, let's say you're, you're good at crafting something, right. thinking about the time right. that it takes you to put in that work to create whatever it is. And then also monetizing the materials that you're using, if it's something more hands-on, um, but if something more like YouTube or a podcast, it's easy to add in advertising and different things like that to start promoting brands um, and different things like that. So just really starting to put a money figure on your talent, because I think a lot of people they have this talent and they love what they do, but they don't think it's good enough or they don't think that it's worth doing, but you, you'd be really surprised. I mean, there's people who do like epoxy earrings and stuff like that. I mean, 
they take a lot of time to try and, you know, work those things out and then they can sell them for really good money and then create a business around it. Um, so you never know until you just start putting it out there and start trying. Okay. I like that. So you definitely have to uh, develop a financial acumen. Um, regardless of what you're doing, uh, you, you really need to make sure that you're disciplined financially um, because you can really go under with the snap of a finger. So if you're going to monetize something, you just have to make sure you're disciplined enough to just not spend unnecessarily and just learn what's most important for what you're doing and just try to build off of that. You know, experience is key. Yeah, that's really important. That was one thing that I learned is that you got to be careful because you spend a little bit here and there. You don't have a plan and your business just falls apart. This one's towards Auntie Demetrius. So I know you own a successful business in trucking. How would you suggest that somebody breaks into that industry? Um, first, I would like to say, um, as Bryce mentioned, you got to make sure you have your finances in order. Right. Um, it's a good thing if, if, if you think you're going to start a business, um, start early. If you have bad credit, go and start to clean up your credit because there's so many business loans out there nowadays. Right. But um, if you want to get into the trucking industry, the first year is very hard. Okay. The first year, um, the federal motor carriers do not allow you to hire on any drivers. It's it's not the federal motor carrier, it's really just the insurance company. So that first year is just really just, you know, you just own the business. In my case, it worked out for me because my business partner actually drives trucks. So, you know, but um, make sure you have enough money to get started. Um, Then I would start getting my LLC, you know, get my business name. But it's really good to understand the the trucking industry before you get started because a lot of people think that you can just go and get contracts well uh, with different people, whatever. Well, I have contracts with um, Amazon. I do loads for Walmart, um, Mm -hmm. Ross, Michelin Tires, Target, so many places. But it takes time. A lot of people don't want to give you the contract if you're just beginning your company. Right. So that's, that's a very hard part of it. Okay. So my next question is for you, Bryce. So one thing I noticed about Natasha Apparel is like y'all make really high quality products that like really stand out. So how do you guys like differentiate yourselves from other clothing brands? And the hardest part about that is, um, you know, high quality materials cost high quality money. Um, So a lot of people don't have like, you know, we're in college. So some people just don't have the means to spend like that. And, um, it's just like you really have to, you know, make sure you're separating yourself while catering to the community um, that you're serving. Um, so when we looked at embroidery, embroidery is not, I mean, too expensive. I mean, we tried to personalize our tags on the back so you don't just see gilding on some of them. But right. um, I just see say that's it's really in the details, to be honest. Um, and then just make sure experience that you're providing is quality as the garment because I mean that can just take a hit yeah I totally understand that um Jada so my small business is called naturally bodied and we make natural skincare products for men and women so we have like beard oils lupus soap bars body butter facial cleanser body oils etc <laughs> okay cool and I was I was going to ask you so 
what was what's your number one tip that you would give somebody who wants to break into like the skincare and beauty products business? I would say make sure you're making things that you yourself would use because it doesn't make any sense for you to try to sell other people's stuff that like irritates your own skin or like just doesn't feel good because people aren't going to buy trash. So you have to be able to be like, I use this every single day and it's great. (laughs) Okay, cool. Did you have to get, um, this is just a random question. Did you have to get some type of like license to sell skincare products? No, not that I know of. Nope. Okay, cool. I mean, you can if you want to, but like, no. Okay. Now, if you're working with like chemicals, right? Then you should be sending it off to like chemists and stuff to get it tested to make sure it's okay. But my stuff is natural, so it's not like I'm using dangerous ingredients. <laughs> okay. So my next question is for everybody, and it is: What would you say is your number one misconception that you had? And like coming into the business industry and how would you like stop that misconception like I know for me for example I had a misconception that as soon as I started my business that like the views and like the money would come in immediately and I was very very sad when <laughs> I put out my first video and I got two views on it I was like yo what am I doing wrong so what would you guys say is something that <laughs> you thought wrong about I would probably say I didn't realize how much time was going to, like, most of my time is spent on making graphics for social media and, like, branding versus actually researching and making products. So that, like, surprised me, but I've come to like it. So I'll spend, like, 12 hours doing just that. I agree. Yeah, the marketing part is, like, horrible but I love it um I find that the best way just talking about marketing in general is actually batching your content like doing a bunch of content for like a couple of weeks that's how I do my podcast so I'll record 10 episodes and then I'll schedule them out and I'm good for three months so I do a lot of batching when it comes to all of that stuff so if you need um any advice on starting videos or podcast type things get a bunch of videos already done and schedule them out and then you're good for three months and you get to chill and just upload and market as you go um but back to your question of how like misconceptions I think mostly I think of like mindset because a lot Mm -hmm. of people think they're incapable of owning their own business um but that's not true no matter how large or how small that whatever you're trying to do, like you have the capabilities to do it. You just have to put the work in to do it. And I think a lot of people get discouraged because they feel like they're, they don't have the skills or the knowledge, but as you continue to go and you continue to grow and kind of learn from your mistakes and by taking action, it's going to all lead to clarity and understanding what you need to do to move forward in your business. So just never give up because you're always going to be successful one way or another. Right. I love that. And I say, like you said, Gabby, um, you know, a misconception, like everything going to be peaches and cream when you start, like, you know, me and uh, my partner, he can make it. My partner, Robert Jacobs, yeah. he, uh, he was my roommate freshman year in college. So, I mean, we just had the misconception it was going to be, you know, all peachy, but I mean, you grow through what you go through. So, I mean, you really have to, you know, own in on those lessons that you learn and, uh, you just got to appreciate them, to be honest. And I mean, I didn't know, like, I would be so, like, grateful for taking L's here and there, but it's like, <laughs> it is what it is. But, you know, you got to bounce back for sure. All right. 
Yeah, I just had a question. Oh, or okay, cool. If, um, and I heard that people were talking about marketing. I'm sorry, let me introduce myself. My name is Selena Makel and I'm a junior mathematics major from Charles County, uh, Maryland. And um, I'm actually launching my own clothing brand at the end of the month, which I'm really excited about. But I wanted to have some tips on organic growth because I already have a paid strategy for marketing through Facebook ads. I've built out um, a funnel based off of lookalike audiences and custom audiences. And I've lined up uh, uh, sponsorships and uh, brand deals already with uh, influencers within the niche, which I'm, I'm really excited about considering it's just the launch. But um, I'm, I'm looking for ways to have more organic growth because I know further down the line, that's a lot more cost effective. Right. So like, what are some tips to increase organic growth? What I do right now, you should find engagement groups, which is basically like, a, it's like this big group chat full of people and they'll do things like drops where like at certain points of the day, you'll, you'll drop certain links or posts and everybody will go engage with it. So your engagement can go up and like, you know, algorithms will favor you and stuff like that. Because I don't like paying for ads. I don't do it. Yeah. So I'm like, however long it takes to do this organically, you're going to have to do it that way. Because I'm not paying for this right now. <laughs> I know for me, one way that I found was organic traffic is Instagram. I really like Instagram and I use it a lot. You just got to find out like what works for you. Because for me, I find like little short video snippets of what's like inside of my YouTube videos do really well. But then sometimes when I do like certain like posts and stuff like that, they don't do as well. So you got to kind of experiment and find out what works best for you. I say definitely like leverage all your like huge opportunities. Like, for example, our the most the most our stuff grown in like 24 hours is probably probably homecoming just because of like the volume of people were there um and then the second one uh we set up a pop-up shop at this huge mall uh, out in richmond so it was like we were kind of soliciting but i mean you know but <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do right so um you gotta leverage the opportunities the huge opportunities and just find big opportunities to get into and um you know, just try to tie it in. I'd also say like once you officially launch, creating a community of people that are supporting your brand and know your brand really well, because once you create that community of people and they love your product, they're going to start telling all their friends and then their friends are going to start telling their friends. Right. So eventually, like once you get that launch going and people are like, wow, this stuff is great. I love this. You're going to build that community and that's just going to help you longer um, in the long run because you're going to have that support group behind your brand. And to add on to that, I'll definitely say um, to do that. Another thing is TikTok. TikTok's alg algorithm is so random, I feel like, and you can go viral off of anything. And right. with TikTok, it's kind of less professional than Instagram. It's, re it's really personable. Like you could show behind the scenes, you making your products, like production, you creating like um, posts and stuff like that. So I feel like TikTok is definitely a way to go if you want to build a community. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next question is all about logos. So could you guys each like describe like what your logo is if you have one and like why you chose it? Um, so my logo is just signed by on and under in small letters, it says hair accessories. Um, I went through like four different logos before I came to that one. Um, I would describe it as timeless. 
it's black and white. I could change the color depending on what campaign I want to use. Um, it's super, it's super um, basic font. It's just like regular bold font. And I really like it because it's timeless. I can change it. It's classic. And you can't really go wrong with just the basic font. Right. Okay. I agree. When I was starting to try to figure out what my logo was going to be for my, like on my cover art for my podcast, I went through several, several iterations and I felt like a lot of them started to look more like in on the trend, I guess you could say of what's going on right now. Right. Um, but then when I started looking at it and I had some people like commenting on it, cause I had several different ones and there was just one, it was like, just, it said live courageously. And it kind of had like this layered effect to it. Mm -hmm. um, but it, a lot of people described it as timeless, like Ayana was saying, and that's something that you're going to really want because you want something that is going to last forever. And it's not just something that's on trend right now. And then a couple years from now, everyone's going to hate it and you're going to hate it. Right. Um, so think about simplicity um, and not going too crazy, but still representing your brand. Okay. Yeah, definitely agree with uh, Nicole. Um, our logo is the red, a red diamond. Uh, there's only been 30 red diamonds found in the world. So we just wanted to make our logo symbolic of rarity and, um, you know, the experience and the quality of experience that we want to provide. Um, you know, it's not going to come overnight, but, you know, like those red diamonds, they're still, they're still here. So we still going to be there. So live looking diamond. So, yeah. <laughs> Auntie Demetrius, do you have a logo being a part of the trucking business? No, we don't have a logo right now. Um, we do have um, federal motor carriers require us to have our business name, our MC number and DOT number. So that's all we have right now, but it's the same on all of the trucks. Okay. Yeah. I asked because I was interested if like it works like a, the same as a business where you have a logo website and all that, or if it was a little bit different. So no, you can definitely have a logo. Oh, okay. Right. A lot of the bigger comp companies um, have logos, but we don't have a um, logo yet. Okay. My next question is towards Ayana. So I know you do like hair pieces and stuff like that. What kind of advice would you give to somebody who wanted to break into that industry? Um, I would definitely say to not go off of trends. I feel like um, when it comes to hair, a lot of people sell like hair oils, shea butters for hair and stuff like that, but I don't really use that with my hair. Um, and so I was just like, if I don't use that, what else do people sell? They sell weaves and extensions, but just like, no, I don't really want to sell that. So I kind of went to hair accessories because I always walk around with like a headband, scrunchie, stuff like, um, and like accessories. So I was just like, I'm going to go that route because if I um, sell like products and hair, eventually I'm not going to like it because it's not what I do. And it's not going to, it's not going to be fun creating content with that stuff because I don't want to put it in my hair and I don't want to do my hair. Right. I just kind of like to throw it on and put an accessory on and keep pushing. So that's how I kind of came up with the whole accessory thing. I like that. That's cool. Cause I know a lot of people try to break into the product business and that could be really complicated if you're not careful, especially mixing yeah. chemicals and all that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> be I want to hear this one from all of you guys. Cause I think it's going to be interesting. So what is one funny or inspirational time where you turn a disappointment in your business to a success story? I would say one of my biggest disappointments was um, working with Amazon. I saw that Amazon, you know, I had, I have contracts with Amazon. I had 18 wheelers and I also had 26 foot box trucks. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that I would make good money with Amazon, but come to find out Amazon does not pay well. They actually underpaid a lot. Right. 
So um, Amazon, they're starting to get their own trucks now. So they was, they're like, hey, if you want to move my products, then we're not going to pay you that much because we have our own truck. Right. So we were doing really, really, really good. And I think it was just peak season with the box trucks. Mm-hmm. And then we got disappointed. You know, they didn't have that many loads. And then Amazon kept bringing, you know, bringing more trucks in of their own. So, yeah. um, but the good part about it is that I got rid of my 26 foot box trucks and I got, I turned in two box trucks and I got me two more 18 wheelers and right. that was the deal right there. Which, which 18 wheelers are way bigger, right? Than box trucks. Right. Like 53 foot. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. So for me, um, guess this is kind of what launched my entire brand. Um, so I spent six years in a toxic relationship and I was told I wasn't good enough. I told that I wasn't allowed to embrace social media. I wasn't allowed to follow the dream, my dreams and, you know, work on things that I wanted to work on. And it took real courage to leave that situation. And from that though, I've been able to launch my entire brand of how to live a courageous life, whether you're trying to get out of unhealthy relationship or whether you're fighting an addiction or just to trying to achieve a goal in general. Like now from that experience, I was able to launch my own podcast. I have my own coloring book and I'm actually working on a young adult book now, which I'm excited about. Um, but just taking the situations in life that you've been through and capitalizing on them to not only help people who are going through similar things or prevent them from going through those things is something that I found really nice to kind of build your brand around so that you're always emulating those things right I'm working a basketball tournament but uh, one of the hardest parts uh, was one time I think it was like September of 2019 uh, uh, a friend of ours was a sweet mate he said he was going to a convention uh, entrepreneurship convention he was you know really wanting to represent the brand everything so you know he set out a plan so he was going to sell this, 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 and this. I don't want to get too deep into it, but yeah, he basically did that. So um, it was supposed to be in D.C., uh, Washington, D.C., and we used to go to school in Virginia. So he said he had a flight in the morning. So we got everything ready. Um, he said he left the stuff at the airport or everything at the airport because they didn't let it, let it be there. So I was like, I asked him, like, I called him for clarification. Then he said he left it in his room, in his dorm. It's like, we had got a lot of stuff pre- prepared. So I was like, we weren't going to take the L. We are in band. So mm-hmm. we had practice around 9, nine right. got out around 9 p.m. And we had a trip the next morning to uh, Delaware. And so we had to get up around 5 or 6. So uh, we just decided to just drive down to D.C. and uh, bring all of our product there and, you know, hope for the best. And, um, you know, that was uh, definitely a huge financial burden on us. And, uh, you know, and then we get there and we go, we talk to the organizer of the event, whatever event it was. He says, yeah, there's, there's no uh, convention, uh, entrepreneurship convention. What? It's like, bro, like, so at that point, you know, we're in DC. So we go around the corner to Howard University about 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of friends out there. And so uh, they bring their friends, their friends bring their friends. And we sold a bit, you know, $200 worth of merch uh, that night. And we have to, you know, make our way back to the school because we had a uh, trip to Delaware at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. report time. We got wow. back around 4, so we lost the whole night of sleep. But, I mean, that was a, a slight win. <laughs> I, I guess you could say that. So, wait, he didn't, he made up the whole event and everything? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, I guess he was unclear or unsure about it, but 
I don't know. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. All right, only a few more questions left. So my next one is towards Nicole. So uh, you're officially named Miss International Miss in pageantry. How could you explain how this advances your podcast and fits into like your personal brand? Yeah, so pageantry is actually one of the biggest stepping stones that really helps you propel the things that you want to do in life. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people think it's just going on stage and, you know, looking pretty, but there's a lot that goes into it behind it. Right. And being on stage and be able to speak my truth about the things that I've been through and why I've created Live Courageously is something that is very important to me, um, which is why I do them. Um, but it really just gives you a platform to really speak on these issues because we just have a bigger space and more people to talk to um, because we're always meeting people constantly. And when we go to these international and national events, um, there's so many people there to hear about your story and what you think is important in the world. Um, so really, I just use it as a stepping stone to um, talk about the things that I want to talk about and bring um, relevance to the things that people kind of overlook because um, relationship abuse is something that people do overlook often or right. it's something that but having that voice to be able to talk about it and bring it to light is also bringing a lot of people out where they can start speaking their stories um, so I just really use it as a platform and a community-based space to really talk about those things okay cool how long have you been in pageantry Actually, I really haven't been in it that long. Um, I started when I was, I want to say, 18 years old. Oh. I know a lot of people, they start when they're like, right. <laughs> um, but I kind of got it late in life, but I'm so glad that I did because before I did this, I was very, very shy. Like I would never go on stage for anything. I always like wanted to, um, but I never had the confidence to actually do it. But learning the skills of like interview, because we always have an interview every single pageant that I attend, um, just helps strengthening those skills, speaking on stage, confidence, and just public speaking in general has been just really awesome. Um, so yeah, I haven't been in it that long. I've only held a couple of titles. Um, so it's been fun though. Okay, cool. Uh, my next question is to everybody. So who would you say is your business icon if you had one? <laughs> I know personally, I don't really have a business icon. I just kind of do my thing and just hope for the best. For me, I'd say it's the woman, my mentor that helped me actually start everything. Her name is Alicia Darby. Um, she took her education and her camera work that she did in LA and turned it into a really, really successful business. She's making loads of money. I aspire to be her one day. Um, and she's also creating an empowering group of women that comes together and they get to talk about all these different things. And she helps us build those platforms like she did for me. Um, and I just really want to be able to live a life like she has and be able to give back to my community and give back to the people that um, I encounter every single day and give them something to live for and you know get to share the things that they want to share because that's just so important to me and I know there's a lot of people without voices um that really need to get that out there too so that would be my business icon nice anybody else have a business icon um, mine are definitely uh Karen Sybil and Ming Lee they have a podcast together but I've been following them like way before their podcast Mm -hmm. um, I feel like they're a jack of all trades. They do social media, YouTube, they have podcasts, um, Ming Lee sells hair. And I just feel like they just, they're really inspirational because they show me that you can do whatever you want. Um, if you, like, if you manage your time and they give um, advice on how you could um, step into this industry. And I just find it really inspirational. Okay. 
All right, so my very last question before we move on to the next short segment is, how long would you say it took you to make a profit off your business? So I wanna hear from everyone on this one. I would probably say it took me about 16 months. Mm -hmm. After my first year, um, you know, the, the insurance company say, well, you can hire someone on after 12 months. Well, after that 12 months, I went with Progressive which I would not do again, but they said, well, give me three more months before you can hire your first person on. But so it took me probably about 16 months so I can, before I started to see a real profit. Wow. So I hired my first driver on in, in April of 2019. Mm -hmm. And I want to say I hired the next one, one in May and one in June, and it just went from there. Okay. I say it took uh, me and Rob, took us about... 10 months, yeah, about 10 months. Uh, we still don't, you know, touch our profit for ourselves, but we just right. keep you know, reinvesting it. For me, I want to say about six months. Um, I was posting on TikTok, and when TikTok went viral, I got over 100K in two days. Um, so that brought a lot of profit there. Okay. I've been wanting to get into TikTok, but I've been too nervous. <laughs> yes. TikTok's also a lot of work. Like, yes. I just, it's so intimidating because people like who are really successful on there, they post like three to four times a day. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have the mental capacity to create that many <laughs> videos, but I guess, you know, it's different for everyone. Um, but for me in terms of profit, so with my podcast, I currently don't make anything off of that because I didn't really want to have ads in the middle of my episodes. So that's something I've been thinking about. Plus, I've been trying to really just build that community first and get people to start listening and be invested before I really started to try to like monetize that in any way. Um, but my coloring book, I published that on Amazon and I've sold around 100 coloring books from that. So that's been pretty cool. And they're like children's coloring books. So it's kind of one of those things where you like you have it, you sell it. And it's kind of one of those things that I feel like it's kind of died off a little bit because mostly it's, I haven't marketed it that much, mm -hmm. um, but if I were to like make a sequel to it or something like that, I think it would do a lot better. Um, but hopefully with a new young adult published book, um, things might go a little bit better and really stray outside of, you know, my little small inner circle and really reach people across. So that's the goal. So I'm going to push pretty hard um, to see how this one goes. Okay, cool. Oh, could you put your link to your coloring book in the chat box? Yes. All right, so my next question, this is a very important part to me. So I know we have a lot of different people in this chat right now who have like businesses of their own who aren't speakers. So if you guys want to, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to um, talk about what you do. So that could be if you have a YouTube channel, if you have any type of website, if you have like a clothing brand or if you do music, we love to hear all about like what you do because you know, everybody has a talent. So I'd love to hear about it. Hello guys, can you all hear me? My name is Tavante Williams. I'm a third year pre-med psychology student from New York. Um, and mostly what I do, I'm a YouTuber, but something that I am starting in the work soon is a nonprofit organization for LGBT and queer um, people. And mostly what I wanna do is advocate and mostly help the young youth in my area and in the Hampton Roads area, because it's a lot of youth out there that just need a lot of guidance and help and 
no, just things like advocating as in like testing, free HIV testing, education, like because a lot of the LGBT queer don't know a lot of things like that, and especially the um the rates and everything in the Hampton Roads area. So that's mostly what I want to advocate towards my own community. Could you drop the link to your um to your YouTube channel and if you want your nonprofit in the chat box? Yes, most definitely. And also for all my event speakers, could you do that as well so that I can like show you guys off on my Instagram? Cause I want to like create a list of businesses that people can support. Cause I feel like small businesses oftentimes don't get a lot of support. Anybody else want to talk about what they do? Uh, my name is Tahira Hamidi. I am a first year journalism major, psychology and leadership minor from Woodbridge, Virginia. And I attend Hampton University. Um, I own a small jewelry business that I started my junior year of high school. I started out by going to craft shows and things of that nature, but of course, since COVID hit, there's been a stop to that. Yeah. Um, I took the time during quarantine to start like a website and to move my business completely online. Um, I focus on selling beaded bracelets, mostly hemp bracelets. Um, all my items are sustained both ethically and sustainably. Um, so that's one of my biggest focus. Uh, um, uh, deciding factors about how and what I sell. Um, I will put my information in the chat. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love sustainable jewelry. Hi, everybody. My name is Ravit Fry. I'm a third year biology pre-med and music education major from Hopewell, Virginia. Um, I'm a content creator through YouTube. My YouTube channel is only dash Ravit. Um, I just started, so there's only about like three videos up and I've been busy recently so I haven't been had a chance to really like get a lot more content out but if you guys could please go over and support my channel I think you would really like it and I appreciate that greatly I'll make sure that I drop my name down below thank you hi everybody cool so my name is Jaden Creech I'm a second year biology major criminal justice minor I'm from Fort Lauderdale Florida um I have a nonprofit organization it's called protect your temple my goal with Protect Your Temple was to just reach out to the young women and children in need in my community. We have a lot of shelters in um, Fort Lauderdale. So there's a lot of women and uh, a lot of children that don't have the resources that are, you know, should be free, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, so we've done many projects so far with the community. Um, we make care packages, just essential items to get um, the women and children through their menstrual cycles. And I really just want to be that one-stop shop for if they need a care package to get through their period for the time being, if they need a care package for their period, my goal is to have that for them, to be that one-stop shop for them. So I'll put my GoFundMe and my Instagram in the chat box. Thank you all. Yeah, that's amazing because feminine products are so expensive. And it's like really sad to me that a lot of women don't have access to them. Okay, hi, my name is Alexis Ghostin. I'm a third year business management major from Brooklyn, New York, and I attend Hampton University. So I just uh, started a small business for uh, party planning and it's been a little bit hard considering that it's COVID so not a lot of people obviously do gathering. But yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. And it's been a little bit hard because again, it's hard to market when nobody's really hosting parties because of COVID. So that was a little struggle, but um, I'll make sure to, put it down in the chat thank you oh yeah do you do zoom events like like something like this like maybe to get it started and carry it over until COVID ends maybe 
actually i didn't think of that that's a good idea <laughs> i don't know i just know like people um they like to do things virtually now because you know we're on our phones and computers so much that it's just like it's easy to grab your phone and you know type in a link to an event maybe it will just help until you can get back in person again you know thank you hello my name is ananda turner i'm a first year biology major from brooklyn new york and i don't own a business but I was just curious and I was thinking about maybe one day starting one. So I just wanted to listen in. Nice. What um business were you thinking of starting? I don't know yet, really. Um, at first I was thinking about clothing. Okay, um, yeah. Clothing is really I, I really like visual art. So um I was just thinking about designs and stuff like that, but I don't know yet. Cool. Well, good luck with that. I mean, you can do anything you put your mind to. Thank yes. You. All right, so now we got the promotion session done and we're almost to the end, but I wanted to open up the floor for like a Q&A. So if you guys have any questions to ask the guest speakers, feel free to open your mic and ask. Now is like the best time to do so. So yeah, or if you have any questions to ask me. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, what's your question? Okay, my question is for everybody. So I wanted to know, what was your biggest drive that made you want to start doing what you started to do? Because I know a lot of people sometimes find themselves in fields that they never thought that they would ever be in. So what, you know, was your motivation? What pushed you to continue to do what you were doing? Or what got you into what you were doing? For me, I, was, I kind of was already making my own skincare products anyway, because I have like eczema and sensitive skin. Like I have acne prone skin and eczema. So I started off just making stuff for me because I wasn't feeling going to the store. Like I didn't like any of that stuff. It always irritated me. So I specifically made stuff for myself. So that's mostly why I drive, like my biggest drive to do. Um, what keeps me going is the goals that I set for myself. Um, I set yearly goals as well as monthly goals. So before the end of each month, I kind of write down goals for the next month, like five to 10. And I make sure to keep um, on track with that. So that really keeps me going. The drive for me, I kind of touched on earlier, was really capitalizing on the experiences that you've gone through to help people um, that may be going through a similar situation or some, a relationship abuse. And there's a lot of people who um, are currently in that and don't realize it. And I didn't realize it for years and years and years. And I just don't want ever, anyone to have to go through that because it's really tough and you just get so locked in that your life is just starting to like my entire high school um years and my first couple of years of college um I wasn't able to truly do the things that I wanted to do because of that relationship and I just don't want people to feel like they have to be stuck in something like that so creating this podcast and creating this live courageously brand to just live a courageous life no matter what you're going through or if you're trying to reach a goal always just taking that courageous step to try and do those things is just my drive behind all that I do. I'd say for me, the thing that um, really motivated me was like when I was looking on YouTube, I used to watch YouTube all the time. And I was like obsessed with like a lot of YouTubers. And I always kept thinking like, if they could do it, like why couldn't I do it? And so I first started my YouTube channel in like 2013, I think, but then I wasn't doing it the correct way. And then, so I kind of stopped doing it cause I got busy and then all this stuff happened and then I came back and I really committed to it this time. And it like really drove me to see like how people were helped by the content that I was putting out. 
because I always wanted to put out content that was bigger than me that would last for like a long time if that makes sense hi I had another question sure <laughs> um in terms of like uh learning how to uh, budget I guess your profit I guess that's a way uh, to ask that so um, obviously, I know you have to take some out for taxes, and that's going to be variable depending on, uh, you know, each scenario. But how do you decide, like, what percentage to reinvest back into your business and how much you should take for yourself? I did. Okay, at one point, I did have, like, this thing called a consignment business, and I had it for about, like, a year or so. So what I would do, I would take clothes that I found for a discount, then I would, like, resell them. And what I found for me that worked is that I would market for about trying to make at least 50% profit on like every item that I sold. So like if I had like a hair bow or something that I made and it cost me about 75 cents to make, then my goal would be to make half of that. So then my final price would be like that 75 cents plus the half on top of that. And then I might add in a little bit more because, you know, taxes and all that stuff on top of that. So like, that's kind of how I priced my things when I had my business. I don't do it anymore, but that's what worked for me. Uh, from a risk management standpoint, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't pocket more than 20% uh, of profits. Uh, just because, you know, if you're providing something, you're going to be expected to like continue to build better and better and better. So, I mean, if you take more for yourself, you'll probably be more limited as to uh, as far as how much you can offer but right. um if that's your goal definitely uh take some but just not uh more than 20 percent i would say well all right then so that's pretty much the uh, conclusion of the event but thank you guys for joining me for my event i really appreciate you guys coming out also thank you to my guest speakers i really appreciate you guys coming out and speaking today Hey girl, thank you so much for listening and allowing me to be a part of your journey in living your courageous life. I am so incredibly grateful you are here. And if this podcast has brought some value into your life, please share it with your friends or someone you know who needs that extra encouragement today. If you are feeling extra inspired, please head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. I love you all so, so much. And until the next episode, remember to always live courageously.